in a world where everyone and their brother has a podcast. One stands alone. It's been called one of the podcasts of all time. Welcome to Internet Killed the Video Store. I didn't realize until somebody pointed out, like, every studio has their own streaming service now, except for Sony. I don't the know. The fuck would Sony have? Huh. Sony has all the Spider-Mans. They got Men in Black. They got stuff. I mean, as much as Paramount Sony. does. Sony. They got the Spider-Mans, but Disney owns that shit. I mean, like, Disney's got it by the balls. No. What do they, they do? They co-parent. They, <laughs> they got they split custody. Uh, well, at this point, I don't think they even have that, do they? Oh, did Disney get booted? Well, I think that deal was for three movies. Oh, the Tom Holland I didn't stuff. know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, as of now, I don't think Tom Holland is set to like appear in any more of the Marvel stuff. That Shit. really sucks. Yeah. Maybe they'll make another deal. The Spider-Mans were good. Yeah. They should make another deal. I Who knows surprised. if he even wants to do it? It didn't seem like he did. I mean... Yeah, he seemed kind of burnt out. Jake Gyllenhaal's villain was my favorite Spider-Man villain. That was the he worst. Was cool. What? <laughs> I, <laughs> I like Jake Gyllenhaal. But that I... was a cool-ass concept. That like, it's dumb. all fake. That was dumb. They did that with the Mandarin already. Max, do you think it's dumb? I don't watch the fucking Mandarin, so it's new I thought to me. It was cool. I didn't like it. Why? I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but but why did you not like that in particular? I don't know. It's just attacking people with drones. That's lame. And it, they're fake too. It's all I like, know. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was cool. I oh, mean, no. I don't know. I was hoping for more. I like Tom Holland, but I haven't been super impressed wow. with his Spider Man's. Okay, I agree. I kind of don't know about him as Spider Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of the same thing, and maybe that's the writing. Is It feels like in those movies, they would never let him really develop without just setting him back right away. Yeah. But I feel like we haven't seen much of Tom Holland besides just him being like kind of baffled by things and <laughs> somewhat unequipped to deal with. Yeah. He does it well. Yeah. I saw he's in some newer, looks more serious, Yeah. which I guess happens with him from time to time. Who was it with? Wasn't it with like Mark Wahlberg or something? I don't know. I know it got really shit reviews and he's like, this show broke me. I'm just going to take a break for a year. Uh, <laughs> like I gave everything to this show and nobody likes it. <laughs> Uncharted. Yeah. It's with like Mark Wahlberg. Not Uncharted. That's no, not, not the Uncharted. serious movie. <laughs> That's not serious? <laughs> no. It no. looks serious as fuck. What That's just him about? playing Spider-Man without any powers. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Is it a good movie or no? No. It looks serious. It looks Indiana Jones-esque. That's not... Come yeah, on. but those aren't really serious. No. <laughs> it's treasure hunting. <laughs> what are we defining as serious at this point, Ben? Dude, if you're treasure on, hunting I thought you watched for suits. your life... I didn't watch Suits. Have you watched Suits? You haven't fucking watched Suits. You said you're going to watch Suits and you don't fucking watch I Suits. I don't own a suit. You know what? I can't watch it. I'm going to be embarrassed. You don't got to wear a suit to watch Suits. <laughs> Devil all the time. He was in that Netflix movie and was really good in it. Devil all the time. Yeah, that's a good adult Tom Holland role. Cherry, he was good in that movie, even though the movie kind of sucked. You Cherry. know what? Yeah, that was a Russo mm. Brothers post Endgame experiment that wasn't great. Oh shit! Walt Junior's in it. What? Is this not Walt Junior? <laughs> no, that's Robert Pattinson. Oh. <laughs> 
Does it not look like Walt Jr., though? He's got a weird posture in that picture that makes him look like Walt Jr., but no, that's Robert Pattinson. Damn. That's fucking Batman, think, dude. Think about Robert Pattinson as Walt Jr. Playing Walt Jr. What's your email? I'm going to screenshot this. You'll fucking see. No, I'm just going to send you a pic on the phone. You can send it in the Zoom, can't you? Can I? I'll set it as my background. <laughs> All right, do you, are you recording any of this? Are we good to go? <laughs> I've been recording for a while, yeah. Okay, okay. Wait, real quick though, Max, you know what made me <laughs> mad about you saying you wanted to watch Suits? What? I didn't say watch Suits. I didn't say anything really great about it. I was like, I've been watching this cool show, Suits, really good. And you're like, cool, I can, I'm can. i going to go watch it. And I begged you to watch Patriot. <laughs> and all it took was, I said I was watching, it was good, and you're going to fucking watch it? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, because my <laughs> thinking on it was, man, I bailed on Patriot pretty hard. I should probably <laughs> not do the same thing with Suits. Um, dude, yeah. uh, it feels like it's too late for Patriot or something it's like not, that. dude. I, it might be. I don't know. What do you mean? It's, it's only two seasons. <laughs> It doesn't take that much time. The writer's strike is the perfect time. Now's the time to catch up on everything. We're going to yeah. be in a content desert soon. Yeah, we might yeah, have Max. to do some some throwback episodes. To you guys heard of this Dexter shows. show? Right, yeah. <laughs> Ray Donovan? <laughs> oh, <fuck>. Ray Donovan? <laughs> I did want to update our uh, box office draft since I think we've got most of the movies out now. Even though Max has like a billion dollar head start on everybody. Mm-hmm. So here is where the draft is at. My first two picks are like the two biggest bombs of the summer with The Flash and Elemental. <laughs> <laughs> the Flash has only made $107 million. Was it good? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> My total is $312 million. I've got three movies out. Haunted Mansion and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are next. That's all I got. That's the only thing that can save me. I don't think it's going to happen. I should have watched trailers for this stuff. Because, yeah, once I saw a trailer for Elemental during the NBA finals, I was like, oh, fuck, why did I pick this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that paper, I was good. like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar. But, yeah, also Disney's had, like, three animated bombs in a row now. So, ooh, yeah. I didn't yeah, think- I don't want to get sidetracked, but I was looking up Pixar stuff earlier. And, I mean, I've liked you know, like turning red and soul was good. Soul was good, but they haven't been doing well. And part part of that is this whole thing of putting them up strictly on streaming. Like yeah. I just don't understand that they devalued their own brand so much and I don't understand why they did it. But anyways, now it seems like we're in like a bit of an industry crisis where even like Disney's like, we're pulling back on TV stuff. We're not going to be doing as much Marvel They've damaged, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, all the brands they were riding to glory. They're kind of all used up all that credibility pretty quickly. You know, Bob exactly. Iger's a bigger like theme park guy from what I've heard. He doesn't want to invest as much in Marvel and Star Wars, right? Oh, yeah. He said he wanted to scale back on that and yeah. maybe even sell off some of the uh, TV properties like ABC and ESPN. No shit. Yeah. But for what reason? The raise capital for... I think it's just a shrinking industry. Like, I think people are finally realizing that Cable isn't going to make a resurgence, and this is a dying medium. Streaming is here to stay. That's what the whole writers and actor strike is about. They need to start valuing the streaming platforms and building models yeah. to sustain the industry around that and stop thinking that traditional media is going to be there forever because it's not. But ESPN will be. I mean, I mean, I stream it on YouTube TV every day. It is as long as they have the rights, but if Apple's going to keep paying to host soccer and baseball, like... 
if ESPN lost the NBA streaming rights, would you still watch it? That's true. I mean, I already watched TNT because of it. Right. I mean, once those contracts are up, you know, the NFL and everything like Netflix, Amazon, Amazon's already got their hooks into it, hosting Thursday Thursday Night Football. Sorry. Hard sidebar. Okay. (laughs) Ben's draft squad led by Indiana Jones. 145 mil. Which is a drama. <laughs> it's a drama. It is very dramatic. <laughs> very serious. Serious movie. movie. Little Mermaid got 294. That's a big one. So that beat out The Flash times two? Oh, yeah. You've got the third biggest movie of the summer with Little Mermaid. And then Insidious is so far the lowest with 58. But it's only been out for a couple weeks. Is it good, Ryan? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Insidious 4 either. I'm behind on I Insidiouses. You were a, like heavily invested in that whole franchise. No, I'm, I'm off James Wan. Anyways, <laughs> <we're sorry. laughs> my total is 497, or no, Ben's total is 497. So am I winning? To my 312. You're beating me. What? Max has more than I have with all three of my movies with Spider-Verse, which has yeah, 369. Right. Guardians has 359. Oh, fuck, he got Guardians. Fast X has 146, and Transformers made more than Fast X. I found that kind that of interesting 153 weird. just barely but transformers what are they in the same number as beast fa- wars it's like eight are we at eight or nine well how many fasts are we at 10 fast x oh fast x versus trans well 11 eight. if you count hobbs and shaw no, i don't even know <laughs> what that means so max is winning max is winning by a lot Fucking what's basic, my total uh, i don't think you said my total a billion 27 million <laughs> Oh cool. my God! So you have more than double Ben, who's in second place. Do ben, I have anywhere to like? Go? Ben still has potential because he's got Barbenheimer on the shelf. I got right. both. Right. You got both Barbie oh, and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Max, you, you might this be weekend, fucked, dude. dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go twice to watch this just so I win. The only bullet Max has left in the gun is the Meg Two. So the fuck is that? He's got to coast <laughs> to the finish line, <laughs> but yeah. he's got a good a good start. A good start. But once Haunted Mansion and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come out, it's over. <laughs> it's over for you fools. Man, I don't know. Oppenheimer and Barbie aren't really going to do box off like big blockbuster numbers. I think Barbie the only will. Thing. I think Barbie will. I've seen so much because shit about Barbie, dude. It's gotten yeah. memefied. It's, yep. yeah, yeah. it's cool and ironically cool. And it's, yeah, it's just going to be everywhere. Oppenheimer has been advertised pretty well. I mean, I assume it is because I heard that Mattel or whoever owns it has been like on set every day. I don't know. The uh, Again, the only way I see trailers is if I'm like forced to watch them during a sports event yeah. or at the drive-in or movie theater. And they played a trailer for it ahead of uh, Mission Impossible this weekend. And they yeah. had like this huge long joke about, well... Are we going to have a beach off? I'm not going to beach you off. Why don't you beach me off? And it's like, wow, <laughs> this is, they're really just playing this joke hard for a kid's movies. I don't know. Hmm. And I was telling Ben, it was either Gosling or Margot Robbie. They were like, they're never going to let us make the movie the way that these guys wrote it. Like, it's just ridiculous. And they actually uh-huh. turned out letting them. So I don't know. Hmm. I like the writers. Hopefully it turns out good and it's yeah. not watered down. I think this is like the third or fourth version they've tried to make. This movie, I think, wow. was originally at Sony with uh, Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno, was originally going to yeah. write and direct it, and Anne Hathaway was going to be Barbie, but I think this is going to be a lot better than that. Yeah, <laughs> Anne Hathaway's Barbie. There was quite the repulsed face from Ben. I know this isn't a visual medium, but that was, that was he's doing it again. <laughs> Dude, I love Anne Hathaway, but not as Barbie. Yeah. 
Amy Schumer was the other one who was attached to it at one point. I would have liked that. Out, but... That would have been fun. That would have yeah. been really cool. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. I think I'm going to try and pull the Barbenheimer and see both this weekend. Yeah, you doing uh, two tickets or one? <laughs> <laughs> well, my first thing is I'm going to hold out and hope they play them both at the drive-in. As I've mentioned before, I'm a big nice. drive-in enthusiast. So if they do the double feature, then I'm set. Yeah. I just got to hope Barbie That's plays ideal. first. So my wife agrees to just fall asleep in the back while I watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have to endure the nerd boy shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I doubt they're going to play a three-hour <laughs> historical epic at the drive-in. Is it three hours? It's pretty damn close. Haley said today, she's like, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer. I was, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Let's fucking go. I was stoked, but you said it wrong. Did you go and see Mission Impossible this weekend, Max? Yes, I did. I saw it uh, yesterday, I think. Was that your first uh, Chicago movie-going experience? (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, there's a theater like a mile from me. so Are prices bad? I've always heard prices are worse in big cities. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was a matinee, and I think it was $17. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just for the ticket. I got my Indiana Jones ticket free with that $30 Applebee's spend. That was a deal. That's right. You never told me which one ended up being better, Applebee's or Indy. Applebee's left a worse taste in my mouth, a longer lasting displeasure, whereas Indiana Jones passed right out of my system pretty quick. <laughs> but that might be on what me. What did you get from Applebee's? Well, I got cheese curds as the app, and that was a mistake. Are they not good yeah. there? They're okay, but they also give you like... 94 in an order. That sounds <laughs> fucking awesome. Too many cheese curds. You have to eat all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Those don't reheat. You got to eat them or they're just right. trash. Did you dip them in marinara? No, I think they had like the weird like Mexi Ranch stuff. That was real good. Dude, the marinara is the way to go. More than Mexi Ranch? Yeah, dude. The Mexi Ranch stuff is good. If I can get a condiment from a restaurant bottled in my house, Mexi Ranch That's is it. right up there. But yeah, what'd you think of the movie, Max? I liked it. I enjoyed (laughs) watching it. I won't say that it's my favorite Mission Impossible. I don't know why I'm jumping straight to like ranking it amongst the other ones. I didn't want to do that. Go for it. I just want to. No, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) No, before we get to I'm sure we'll do that. But I just want to say that I think it's worth going to the theaters for. It's a fun action movie. Tom Cruise is still doing stuff that. I like watching Tom Cruise do. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I was a little disappointed. I think we've talked, this is kind of our espionage, covert op flavor of choice as far as like spy movies go. And so like I was going into it hoping they were going to go out with a bang because they kind of said this was going to be the end of Christopher McQuarrie's trilogy that started with Rogue Nation (laughs) and all that. I think the other thing I guess I didn't realize, and again, this is probably on me for not paying attention, I really thought Sean Harris was going to be back as the villain. I was bummed that he wasn't involved. So It's always um, a bummer when Sean Harris isn't in a movie. Yeah, and I don't know. It felt like salt in the wound that he was replaced with like a Windows media player visualization of AI. Like (laughs) (laughs) that that didn't pose as much a threat to me. I mean, there was another villain. Yeah. So, I mean... He's kind of like the Bane henchman guy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think he played a pretty big role overall, like definitely plays the the face of the villain in the movie. Yeah. I actually think it would have been more interesting if they had tried to make the AI more prevalent. And part of 
what's tough about this movie is watching it after one Mrs. Davis and then <laughs> yeah. two I think it was season three of Westworld where the main villain was an AI that controlled society and uh, told everyone what jobs to work. And I was let down by how little the AI was explored in this movie. I think there were some cool scenes where they used it well, but it started to feel like more of a trick that they would pull out when it was convenient or in service of like an action scene or a twist. And there were other times where it felt incredibly absent from the film. Yeah, it didn't feel like they wanted to commit to one or the other. You had sprinkles of the AI stuff going rogue. And then you also had like this ambiguous backstory with Gabriel, but they never really fully explained like what was going on there. I think that was a big misstep. At first, I was like, are these scenes something they refilmed that was from the first Mission Impossible? Because I knew that Kittrich was back. Right. But yeah, I think that was a mistake not to, I think there would have been ways to tie in to the first movie or even the second, bring back Tandy Way Newton, you know? <laughs> like, why did, why does it have to be a new babe every time? Yeah, you know? that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, I think this series has a continuity problem, whether it's villains or the female sidekick. I mean, they even have like two overlapping in this movie. <laughs> I did not get what was going on with that. I'm like, was Rebecca Ferguson busy doing silo or something you remember uh paula Patton from ghost protocol she was just a one and done she was a great sidekick oh yeah she was cool and jeremy renner was just kind of like yeah i might start hanging out here no nope, never mind <laughs> like yeah i thought at one point there was talk of kind of like him taking over in the tom cruise role yeah it is interesting and this movie brings it up a little bit there is quite a wake of women left by Ethan Hunt in this series. (laughs) And it seemed like they were going to address it a little bit in this film. And then I think they kind of backpedaled on that too and really didn't do as much with that as they could have or maybe should have to make it a more interesting film. Because it's very focused on his character, but just in the sense of like, is he powerful enough to save his friends? Like it really doesn't, if you're gonna put focus back on Ethan Hunt, there needs to be something else there besides like, they were really leaning into like, like this whole Messiah thing, you know? Right, (laughs) martyr complex. Yeah, sure, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think I've realized my least favorite Mission Impossibles are the ones where they focus on Ethan Hunt. Like, I don't need him to have a family or any kind of backstory. Like, I just want him out making missions less possible (laughs) or making the impossible possible. For sure. If we're doing rankings, this is like maybe like fifth for me, like right Mm. above two and three. But still good. Yeah, I'd say it's average. Like, it's fine. But if you were like, because you've never seen any of the Mission Impossibles, right? No, but I want to. I wouldn't start with this one. I don't think I would ever start with number fucking five. Seven. Seven in any (laughs) series ever. You know what I mean? I mean, do you have to watch them all? You don't have to watch them all. I think if you started with four, you'd be fine. What? Sounds like our rankings are probably kind of similar. Yeah. So, because I would put this in the same place. Okay. Two is the worst for me. Three is above it. Okay. Then this. Then, gosh, I feel like five has fallen from grace because I'd put five next, whereas it used to be pretty high up. Yeah. And then I would say Fallout, and then I would say 
Ghost Protocol. Dude, Dead Reckoning Part 1 has 96%, 94. (laughs) You you guys are dead wrong. I know. I'm watching it first. Wait, wait. Okay, so I think I got everything except for... Did you say where the original was? Oh, I don't think I did. (laughs) The original would be... The original would be second, I think. Okay. My (laughs) rankings are the exact same as yours. I would just switch the top (laughs) two. I would switch Ghost Protocol and the original. And then I would switch the bottom two. Because I like... The Limp Biscuit soundtracked on MI2 better than J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, though, dude. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he gives a good performance, but, like, he just gets hit by a car. <laughs> Don't. I haven't yeah. fucking watched it yet. Did you hear? It's so abrupt. <laughs> what I, I haven't watched it, dude. You don't I mean, need to watch That's not all three. that happens to him. You're making him sound like Taylor Swift in that shitty movie <laughs> Amsterdam, <you watched>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got hit by a car. Philip yep. Seymour Hoffman did a lot before That's he it. got hit by the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. I was thinking of Bond. I wanted to... Neither of you guys are like into that stuff at all, right? I'm not. If I called this like a Roger Moore Mission Impossible yeah. movie, that doesn't really mean anything to you. No. All right. Well, I hope someone <laughs> listening understands what I mean by that. It yeah. means it's like cheesier, yeah. you know? And I liked the humor and whatnot, but that was part of what I was struggling with. Some of the big action set pieces are just punctuated very comedically yeah (laughs) in a way that i didn't really like yeah okay spoilers but the scene where he is parachuting in right (laughs) to the train (laughs) i'm sitting there and i'm watching the way they're framing it and everything and how slow this scene with Haley atwell having a gun pointed at her is and i'm like are they really going to do this? No, there's, they're going to be smarter about it. Nope. It was exactly <laughs> the bullshit that I was picturing in my head. Yeah. And I really didn't like that. But as far as action set pieces go, the train thing I thought was pretty cool. When he's like jumping up through the thing. Yeah, when they're yeah. having to basically beat the train as it's falling into the ravine. Yeah, I thought there was some cool stuff there. That was cool. And I think that I was very impressed with there's always a chase scene in these movies. And it's pretty impressive that they're still coming up with cool chase scenes. And I thought this one was very inventive, probably one of my favorites in the series. Yeah, I liked it a lot. What did you think about those two things, the train and then the chase? I mean, the train, like we all kind of knew that was going to be the big action scene because they've been promoting this motorcycle jump for like three years by like sharing the viral videos and like I think they showed like just him jumping off the cliff like 20 times to film it or whatever like before a bunch of movies last year I don't know and I felt kind of the same way about when he was like strapped to the side of the plane at the beginning of Rogue Nation like it's a cool stunt Mm. but like I don't know Mm. I don't think it narratively added anything and like visually it just it was fine. Like I wasn't like enthralled by it the way I was with some of the stuff from Fallout or Ghost Protocol. Hmm. And then the chase scene, yeah, I felt like kind of like you said, we've seen chase scenes in all these movies. This one just had a funny yellow car in it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, like you said, it's kind of like going more for the joke than the big like stunt at this point. But yeah, I mean, it did have some action points, but yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, Ben, you need to talk about what's on Rotten Tomatoes. No. Wait, can I ask you something before we switch? So you go to Rotten Tomatoes for all your reviews. Yeah, where else am I supposed to go for a review? When did that change from IMDb? I never went to IMDb. Ever? Mm-mm. See, I still go to IMDb for 
cast listing because I feel like it's I do easier for to cast read. Listing. See, but then I see the review and it holds no merit. <laughs> Why don't you trust them? But you I trust Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not sure. Aren't as many critics on IMDb? I bet. No. Yeah. I always look at the number of reviews. If I'm actually going to try to trust any of them in any way. That's so crucial because, like, yeah. yeah, you could have a 95 on some site because you have, like, 13 reviews, yep. you know. Right. <laughs> Where do we want to jump to next? Do we want to do TV? Do we want to do our two-year anniversary celebration? What are we going to do to celebrate? Reverse yeah, of what are the, we doing? We're doing the, uh, I don't think we came up with a name for it yet. Audio Gratitude Journal, Banquet of Blessings, the Posse Purge, <laughs> Declaration of Jubilation. <laughs> We didn't settle on a name, is what you no. mean. You came up with five. Of it's them. got a lot of names, yeah. Basically, the anti airing of grievances. We tried to record this once. That's the true celebration of the show that we've tried to record it and we deleted it. When was that? Yeah, what? Like two or three episodes ago? We just list nice things, and so oh, we're not yeah. negative all the time. Yep. And say, okay. Mission Impossible isn't as good, and Indiana Jones sucks, and The Flash is dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were talking right. about summertime. Yeah, good yeah. things. So yeah. not to be millennial Beavis and Butthead saying yep. everything sucks all the time. Right. Okay, so. Which most things don't suck. Right. So go ahead. You want to start? I'm stoked. It's going to be my birthday. Birthday. And Ooh. I'm going to go to Cedar Point. Is that like a ritual? Do you do Cedar Point every year for your birthday? We do it for Haley's birthday every year, but I just love Cedar Point. So <laughs> You get the season pass, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're staying in a cottage there, dude, and it's like right on the lake. Nice. So that'll be cool with like her two brothers and some other family. So, Is Cedar Point like mountaintop theme park for you? Because you're a big theme park dude too, right? Amusement park, yeah. Theme park. Oh, those are different. Yeah, dude, because, <laughs> I mean, theme parks are, like, themed. You know what I mean? You got, like, the 3D rides and shit. Okay. It's, so, like, Universal. That's, like, Disney World is a theme Disney park. Disney Universal. Amusement Park is the thrill rides. Yes, okay. for sure. Yeah, gotcha. 100%. But Cedar Point is definitely the pinnacle of um, roller coasters. Do you do roller coasters, Max? I haven't in a long-ass time. Like, not since I was a teenager. Is it on purpose or just grew out of it? It wasn't on purpose. I am kind of afraid because I have a bad back. Oh, yeah, that's probably not it good. Seemed, yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that could really set it off. But I also used to say that about downhill skiing. Oh, yeah. And I did that recently, and it went fine. Nice. So, yeah, maybe I need to try it again. I'm, They're cool. Like, I always liked them when I was younger. So, got nothing against them. I'm scared. I'm good. You're scared? Yeah. I, don't, I can't uh, do is it. Is it the heights or the, the speed or... I think it's the heights and like just feeling like not in control. Like I could just shoot out of this thing at any minute. No way, dude. They're like statistically safer than I know. I, most things. I even like forced myself one time because my family used to always go. So one time I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to force myself to get on it. And I did it and like it was fine. But like still every time I got in line, I was scared again. Like, yeah, I didn't, dude. I didn't. Was that exposure therapy? It didn't work. It's, you've <laughs> got it. So I still got anxious. Up until like last year or two yeah. going, I still loved them, but I'd get anxious the first couple times going on and be like, what the fuck if this happens at this? <laughs> and then it wasn't until we went to Halloween's last year, it was the first time I went. And every time I rode, like my anxiety was gone. Yeah. And it's been good ever since. Nice. So the exposure therapy worked, but it took like years. <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah. Because I was scared, but I would still ride them. Now with the point to where... I'm not really scared. I'm just stoked when I get on. Yeah. The only one that really freaks me out is this one called Skyhawk. And you're just like in a giant like swing. 
Yeah. And it goes all the way up like 100, 200 feet in the air to where you're just facing the ground and all you have is a lap bar. You don't have a harness. And so it like... You're just dangling. Yeah, so you're like this. And then you're like literally 90 degrees to the ground, 200 feet in the air. Nothing to grab onto except your seat, your lap bar. And that feels a little sketchy. <laughs> and every time, every now and then, I'm like, is this is this shit on? But uh, yeah, man, I, I love it. All right, Max, you got anything? What's your... What did I say last time? Last time you said, I think, leftovers. <laughs> you like <laughs> leftovers. That makes you happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because that was where my mind went initially <laughs> is I was just picturing my fridge. And I was like, what can I say that I like about my fridge? And it was going to be something like not thinking I had any beer, but then there is one beer left. That's always good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking you That's... ate all the pizza and you come back and there's one slice left. For sure. That's good. The one beer thing specifically is good because one is enough for, to keep me from going out and buying more beer. Because it's just like, that's good enough. All I needed was one. But if I have more, I just end up drinking more. <laughs> yeah. We have like a full bar cart. And that's a problem sometimes. <laughs> Are you a beer strictly kind of dude, Max? Or do you get pretty into much. the hard stuff? No. I'm pretty strictly beer, you could say. Well, pretty strictly like whatever, like Miller Lite is a go-to. Yeah. Because it's pretty cheap and I like the way it tastes. I didn't used to be that way. I, I was like an IPA guy and, you know, craft beers and that whole thing. And now it's just different. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you've actually drank enough where you've gotten buzz? Oh, I mean, like a buzz? Yeah. It's not hard to do because I won't drink for like a week or something. And then, you know, I have a beer or two and I'll get a buzz off that if I drink them Dang. in reasonably quick succession. I'm not trying to get drunk, you know. I don't like how that <laughs> really feels anymore. Yeah, that's... I don't like getting super high anymore either. Okay. You know, I just want to like take the edge off. And the edge is pretty sharp, so like, you know, <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> sometimes sure. that means more than two beers, <laughs> yeah, dude, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I can stay in like a good range. That's what comes from doing this for over a decade, <laughs> dude. My problem is I want efficiency, so I won't even fuck with beer. I go straight to liquor and mixed drinks. Like every yeah. time, I there's not beer in my house. I haven't bought yeah. beer in years, man. No, I haven't drank beer since middle school. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I have like gag reflex from like the first time I got really drunk on beer. And so like just the yeah. smell, I'm like, no beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So what are you thankful for? Driving. It's driving season. The uh, <laughs> Auburn Garrett one blew down in a storm last year. So I thought I wasn't going to get one, but we've been going to Huntington's. Pretty much the same experience. You get two movies for like six bucks. Got to see Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible. It was kind of weird that they play the national anthem before the movies start. <laughs> and even weirder that like 14 people got out of their car and stood up and saluted a TV for playing the national anthem. And then I felt like a traitor for sitting in my car and just eating snacks because I thought I was going to the movies. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, other than that, good times. So the drive-in in Auburn Garrett, I thought they got enough money donated to open back up. I don't know what's going on with them. They're, they're shysty. They've got like a GoFundMe and they're saying like they were underinsured yeah. so that they couldn't pay for the the repairs. And then they were like advertising people on Facebook to come and like work and help them tear out the old screen for free. And I don't know. It's like, if you guys don't want to take out a business loan to get this thing running again, I'll fucking do it. Come on. Fucking do it, Ryan. <laughs> 
That you, would be tight. That would be tight. I've always thought about running a drive-thru or a venue, either one. It'd be fun. A drive-thru would be a nice stepping stone. I could see you doing that. <laughs> it'd be hard to do seasonal business in Indiana, but, you know, it'd be like a really expensive hobby I'd be okay wasting money on. <laughs> yeah, dude. What if you did like a golf dome type thing? Yeah, just do a dome. That would be tight. I heard there used to be a... Do it year-round. I heard there used to be an X-rated drive-in drive <laughs> theater in Fort Wayne. Did you, have you ever heard that? No. It's fucking gross. I don't know the, <laughs> the audience for that. What's the point of it, and what's the perk? I don't, I don't know. It went out of business a long time ago. It's out by, I think, New Haven. I don't get that at all. <laughs> Just watching porn in public. Very strange. Is... That's not something I'm thankful for. That doesn't go in the gratitude journal. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Drinking's good. Drinking. Bonfires. It's bonfire season. Dude, Max, that dome's a good idea, dude. What? Because then you could have shows <laughs> yeah. there, too. Domes? Yeah, you could have shows. You could have both, Ryan. You could? We could put that on the list. I'm thankful for, for the domes. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any leftovers you like better, like, the second time than the first? So I feel like some, like, pastas or soup, like, they sit around in the fridge for an extra day instead of, like, eating them right when they're done. They taste a little better. Fries are the worst leftovers of all. Yeah, anything breaded. Fries. Yep. Tacos. Tacos. Yeah. Ew. That's no yeah. good. You can't reheat um, Taco Bell. I don't know. I'm not like that with pizza. I know a lot of people are. Yeah. A lot of people love the, the cold pizza out of the fridge in the morning. I will always reheat the pizza, and I do think that it's better the first time. Pasta is yep. an interesting one. Pasta, I kind of like having both experiences. Yeah. Like the fresh experience and the more <laughs> congealed experience. <laughs> yeah. They complement each other, you know? It depends on the pasta, too, because I feel like white sauce never reheats well. It always gets, like, oily. It's and, a gamble. Yeah. I was feeling nostalgic, and I went to Turtle Days, and I wanted to get a lemon shake-up, and I, there was, like, a six-year-old working the lemon shake-up Oh, booth. my God. And then it was, like... I felt guilty because he already made eye contact and he was ready to go. And I was like, I can't back out now. So I paid $8 for a terrible lemon shakeup made oh, by a six-year-old. It was, it was awful. How was Turtle Days there. overall, though? So sad. It's, it's like... A former shell of itself? Oh, yeah. It's like going back and like revisiting nice. something from your childhood and just being like, this has gone to hell. <laughs> is it really gotten that much worse? Cause... So that we used to be like in this giant parking lot of our park. Yeah. And it used to be like they would do... A, a row of stuff on the out exterior of the parking lot and then they would have two interior lines the interior lines are gone it's just an exterior like big o they don't have like any of the carnival games they don't have games they had a couple but they didn't have like the skee-ball thing or the the balloon popper win a poster thing yeah that was always my jam i'd ride back there on my bike when i was a kid and lived in town go scope out the posters so i knew which ones to aim for when i was <laughs> had money on the line what was your fair food of choice? I would always get the turkey leg or the lemon shake-up. Lemon shake-up, elephant ear. Elephant ears are golden. For sure. Yeah. For sure, my two favorites. Max? I'm going turkey leg. Turkey leg? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that was always my favorite thing to get from Johnny Appleseed. Oh, the yeah. The festival that we would have in Fort Wayne. Yeah. But did you guys ever come into town for that? Yeah, dude. Johnny Appleseed's one of my favorite fests. As an adult, I appreciate it more. When I was a kid, I was like, where's yeah. the carny games and the rides and stuff? But now as an adult, it's like far and away the best for festival sure. for sure just the smell walking in it gives me fulfillment yeah all right that's that's good for posy stuff we'll go on to negative all right max what do you think of the idol oh god 
you go first. I went first on Mission Impossible. <laughs> I didn't watch all of it. I I, I was like hoping oh, okay. I was going to watch. So I've got a report. Yeah. God, how am I the one that watched more of The Idol? <laughs> I know. I, w- <laughs> I mean, you're the glutton for punishment when it comes to this entertainment bullshit. <laughs> I was prepared to hate watch The Weeknd just embarrass himself. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, the first episode kind of had that where it was fun to laugh at how bad it was. But then... By the end of the second episode, I was like, even knowing there's only three more episodes, like, I don't really want to do this to myself. It was bad. Yeah. It, it is terrible. <laughs> like, I don't understand because everyone, I haven't seen Euphoria, but everyone talks about how great this, um, what's his name? Sam Levinson, uh, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Is the creator of that show. And he stepped in on the idol, right? And I was reading about this. I think there was a Hollywood reporter article about it where this they were talking about how the original director got booted and then the series got like pumped up when they brought sam levinson on to direct i think he was already writing yeah maybe he got like a bit more freedom to just go ahead and do what he was doing which is too bad because it seems like there were a lot of people working on the production that were totally fine with what was happening or not totally fine like besides the messy stuff they were happy with what the original director was doing yeah. But then, yeah, this guy in The weekend, whatever that guy's <laughs> real name is, went for something that no one is really interested in. I don't understand what the purpose of it is. Like, I don't know what it's trying to say. The characters are all so uninteresting <laughs> and so thinly drawn. And, like, the development is so bad. I don't know if you noticed any of that with just the first two episodes. I think it gets worse later on. Yeah. And... I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) It did not enjoy it at all. I don't think it's worth a hate watch. No, it was, yeah, because we kind of talked about, like, maybe this will be fun to watch how bad it is. And you're like, no, it's not even enjoyable to laugh at. It's just that bad. (laughs) And some detail to what you're saying. So I think her name is pronounced Amy Seamitz, was the original director, had 80% of the filming done on the show before she was asked to leave because the weekend wanted more of a male perspective. They were focusing too male right. on the too much on the female, which is kind of weird given the story that you have there where this pop star is being controlled by this manipulative cult leader. <laughs> and yeah, it just wasn't fun. It was weirdly pornographic and like the whole like trope of seeing someone in a like sexually explicit position and saying that's somebody's daughter the whole time i just think that's johnny depp's daughter that's not somebody's daughter like johnny depp's gonna have to answer questions for this like what do you think like we're proud of her she's out there doing her thing you know (laughs) i mean everything that i've seen her say is like i had a good time working on this i wasn't asked to do anything i didn't want to do yeah i don't know it's it's strange (laughs) and maybe that's true but like that doesn't fix any of it for me. Yeah. And I don't understand why the weekend felt like it needed to focus more on his character <laughs> when his acting skills are so bad. And there's nothing like, to his character. Like other than no. the fact that he is the person portraying the character, why else would you want to emphasize him? Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like I know I probably didn't do a great job of explaining how poor the character development is in this, but it's too convenient like there's so little setup for things if anything the hint that you need that a character is changing is happening 10 minutes before it happens when like in smart shows you'd be seeding stuff in from like early episodes right you know yeah there's none of that all right so from 
one of the worst shows of the summer to one of the best. <laughs> What'd you think of the bear? Bear was great. Yeah. The bear kept me from going into like withdrawals after <laughs> succession. It, you know what I mean? Is it the new succession? Is this the new best show on TV? I think those are two different things. Yeah. I would say, yeah, it probably is the new best show on TV. I don't know if it's the new succession though. Right. Yeah. I didn't mean you know. specifically, I guess. Just the new best thing, I guess. Yeah. But even I would say there's still for me probably a difference in quality there. Yeah. But those those two are, are way out in front of like other stuff that's going on right now, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, what did you think? Because you were kind of skeptical going into a season two on a show that you felt like had already done what you wanted in season one and felt like a complete piece there. Yeah, I mean, I think, kind of like you said, I felt like season one was a really good narrative arc. And, like, even some of the creators have kind of come out and said they thought it was going to be, like, a one-and-done series and maybe turn into a cult classic a few years later. They didn't expect to have a season two. But I think this did overall, like, a pretty good job. Again, I wasn't super into the the story as much as just how much they developed this whole cast of characters this season. Some of it was a little rushed. I don't know. Like, Richie's character had a really cool arc. I loved what they did with him, but the fact that they condensed it all into one episode felt a little convenient. Hmm. And you're always super yeah. anti-needle drop guy, and this this leans heavily on it. What do you think of the song usage here? It's fine. I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> no problems at all. They do a good job of it. It is the soundtrack for the show. I think a lot of it, you know, will like tie into the location in some ways or like sometimes yeah. it's Chicago-based artists and stuff or songs about the city. So I like all that. But it's never like too on the nose, which I think is important. That was something I realized kind of drives me nuts about needle drops like the super mario thing being like yeah. well they're in brookline so i guess we gotta play the beastie boys <laughs> no you didn't no hang on hang on no hang on again i'm gonna i'm gonna <coughs> trap you again i watched guardians of the galaxy 3 and they use no sleep till brooklyn what the hell is that about the same song chris pratt know. again <laughs> maybe chris pratt's just a big beastie boys who did fan. it better do you think i think mario did that makes sense yeah but that's because you saw that first if Oh. Yeah, but Brooklyn, they're in Brooklyn. <laughs> if you're going to use a Beastie Boys song, Intergalactic is right there. What does Brooklyn have to do with Guardians of the Galaxy? But that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I would have liked it less if it was Intergalactic because it just, it's, it's again, too obvious. It's like the obvious yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 I like the idea of just saying, like, I like the feel of this for what these characters are doing right now. I think I appreciate that a bit more than just like, that's Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I don't know. I thought the only reason it stood out in Guardians was like most of the soundtracks is pretty retro. And like, I think that and Creep are like the only 90s tracks. So I thought that was a little odd. But, yeah. There um, was a newer Flaming Lips track oh, okay. in that movie. I might have missed that. That I really liked, but it was like a 2000s cut, I think. Is the Guardian streaming yet? I think soon. I don't soon, think it's okay. out yet. You can pay-per-view it or whatever. Like Redbox. Rent it on Amazon Prime type thing? Yeah, or Redbox or whatever. I Dude, I love those movies. They're pretty good. Third one's good. I liked it. I liked it. I thought all of them, all three were pretty good, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. I like the second one. I don't know why people don't like that one as much, but. Yeah, it's a bit slower, a bit more meandering. Yeah. Like some of the Chris Pratt, Kurt Russell stuff is like. Why? I thought that was a <laughs> sick concept. Yeah, I really like that. Like he's a planet? What? Yeah, but like all he does is talk in that movie. 
It's like let me yeah. let me show you this display I made. <laughs> like that happens twice in that movie. What the fuck? Wait, what are you talking about exactly? When he's like explaining himself and <laughs> how many people are across the galaxy he's had sex with and everything, he needs like oh. this <laughs> this museum uh, kind of like okay. model to explain it to all the characters, and he does it twice. He's got like two different hallways where he's just like, so yeah, this is my origin story. <laughs> but to loop it back to the bear, mm-hmm. I really like Will Poulter, and I feel like oh, both those things. Oh, that was so good. I wanted to see more of him in both of those shows. Like, I'm glad he's in um, these, but like, do more, you know? Especially mm. the bear. Actually, I'm the opposite. I wanted more yeah. of him in Guardians. I was yeah. fine with how much he was in the bear. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Who yeah. Are you guys talking about? Will Poulter. I wanted oh. him in both a little more. <laughs> I did like. He's great. The flying scenes in Guardians, that seems like a good little preview of what James Gunn Superman might be. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, Will Poulter was great, but the cast of the bear is getting kind of big, you know? And to spend more than that amount of time on a character outside the cast, I think would have been a bit much. Because like you're saying, the Richie thing, I think, is the best part of the season. That arc is so cool. That episode with him is definitely my favorite of the season. Same. But it still feels a bit rushed. I still wanted it to be a little bit better. And it, yeah. it could have just been a couple small tweaks. like Because they they say a couple times that he's only working at that restaurant for a week. Yeah, Why don't you just make it a month? It's so much right. more believable <laughs> if you just change that a little bit. Yeah. To have it all contained in that one episode, it just felt a little sudden. Especially because sure. of how much he is. You have this backstory of him being a shithead for a season and a half <laughs> to go to. And then all of a sudden, like a week is going to just scare him straight. I don't know. Yeah. I heard it was a lot of uh, like, not nothing, but there wasn't like a lot going on. And then the end makes it kind of like a lot of something. Like, oh. and somebody compared it to, to White Lotus in that regard. No. I don't know if I you was... guys think that's true or not. Like the arc of like the climax yeah. of shit going down. I mean, I guess you could say that, but I think the bear has kind of established that as their formula where it is going to be like a really big climax at the end. And like the buildup might just be, they're not going to cut in a bunch of tense stuff just to like keep you gripped. You know, it's not (laughs) MI7. They don't need to do that. (laughs) And I like that about it. I like that they've kind of established, and they don't need to keep doing it, but I liked it that both of these seasons ramp up to like a really crazy episode towards the end. And yeah. there's a lot going on. I don't like when people say nothing happened when like characters actually changed and did something and there was conflict, you know? Like, I don't think just because someone didn't die or whatever that nothing happened. So, yeah. it shows a lot of character development. That's what I've heard. I almost felt like the contrast, because everybody talks about the big holiday episode, like the contrast of that was almost too much where I was like, I don't know if I can do a whole hour of this episode because it's just so chaotic and (laughs) anxiety inducing. That's how I felt in the first 20 minutes because- I was like, this is an hour? (laughs) Yeah, right. But it chilled out, right? That's how I felt. Eventually, yeah. 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 I mean, it's still tense the whole way through. And yeah, right. that is kind of like, I guess, as tense as the um, final episode of the season. What did you think of Jamie Lee? I thought she was great. I thought uh, Odenkirk kind of stole it for me. I thought <laughs> he was great. I didn't anticipate him showing up. 
But yeah, I don't know. It almost felt like indie movie version of Star Wars where everybody just wanted to be a part of this. Like, I don't care. Just get me in the bear. <laughs> Olivia Coleman, I'll cut a mushroom for a scene and just stand yeah. there. <laughs> John Mulaney. Right. John Mulaney was in this. Oh, yeah. Who was also very good in the holiday was, episode. Yeah. It was tight. I love the crescendo of that. And I don't know. I don't know that I've seen Bob Odenkirk play like a hard ass like that before. He's usually just kind of a lovable goof. And Was he good yeah. at it? Yeah. yeah Showed some range to like what you could expect from him. That's cool. I thought that was awesome. This show also made me appreciate John Bernthal. I know a lot of people are, are have been big on him for a long time. I always hated him, like The Walking Dead. I was like, man, <laughs> yeah. this guy's the soapiest person here. Maybe I was wrong. And then Punisher, eh, you know, whatever. But yeah, there's like just a 10-second shot of him going through so many different emotions <laughs> in that holiday episode that just sold yeah. me on him completely. So I've yeah. got to watch this holiday episode, first episode. <laughs> just skip right to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it that. technically happens before the whole show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, there you they go. Do, they it's do a flashback. They do timelines. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Not too much, but some. I feel like the reason I like the Richie episode so much is because it is kind of a feel-good show without like gift wrapping you all the sentiment like a Ted yeah. Lasso or Shit's Creek oh. does. Like you really have to work to get the feel good. For sure, <laughs> this season did start to feel a bit more like Ted Lasso to me than the last one in that sense, yeah. but. They balance it so well because, yeah, you're getting a lot of that or like a healthy portion of that. And then something like the holiday episode happens or even the the finale is like pretty grim for certain characters and upsetting in certain ways. And so I just think they're balancing that tone very well. Yeah. So what else do we have? I'm a Virgo. What did you think of that one? Yeah. So I was interested in that because obviously the creator Boots Riley did Sorry to Bother You, right? Yeah, which I loved. That was right. great. <laughs> I know, and I was excited for whatever he did next. But Same. <laughs> I actually liked the show. I thought it was pretty good. It's yeah. not my favorite thing. It's super weird. I think the main character is kind of hard to spend a lot of time with. Yeah. I don't know what it is because I like the actor, and I think it's a clever idea, but... It wasn't someone that I felt like spending a lot of time with. And I would say the same thing about the supporting cast. There was just no one that I was like excited about when they showed up, even though I think everyone is doing a good job with acting. And and I like weird stuff like this. You know, obviously people aren't behaving like actual humans in it. Right. Which I think is kind of the case in his movie as well. I would say he amped it up quite a bit more here. And maybe it was a bit too much, you know, like... That kind of thing is typically fine for me, but I did kind of have trouble grounding myself in the world of it. What'd you think? I mean, did you go past episode one or is that it for you? (laughs) I did. I I finished this one. I didn't bail on it because I wanted it to get better. I was like watching it, hoping for it to evolve. And I don't know. I think kind of the surrealist elements didn't necessarily serve as much a purpose as they did in Sorry to Bother You. Like the girlfriend who just like makes fast food shit really quick. It's like a cool camera trick, but it didn't seem to really have a purpose. Or the like, was there like an entire episode about how she's going to have sex with a 13 foot black dude? Like (laughs) that that seemed a little unnecessary. That was a lot for sure. (laughs) Balance Beam is the name of that episode, Ben, if you're curious. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah. 13 foot dude, I am curious. <laughs> um, the whole show just felt like I was listening to like somebody preach at me. Like it was very yeah. sanctimonious. It was kind of just like a visual think piece about, you know, especially the finale where the one character just sits there and tells Walton Goggins, here's what the show is about. Here's yeah. why you're a bad dude. But also here's a cliffhanger because we're going to do a season two. Like that was the most unexpected part of it. <laughs> it does kind of epitomize the whole show when she does that at the end. And I just didn't find any of that believable. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know that's like super cynical, but just the idea that she was going to talk this guy into changing his views. I just, I think that's <laughs> such a weird message for the time that we're in right now, because I think it's a lot more complicated than that. Right. If that worked, <laughs> I mean, obviously it hasn't worked for what, the last seven years of people yelling at each other, yeah. their opinions and beliefs. Right. So yeah, I, I was hoping for something a little more fleshed out, but it was a little bit of a letdown for me, for sure. I'll definitely check out whatever he, he does next. Oh, yeah. I think he's got potential, and he's a really good writer. Yeah. I just think this, like, it had really cool constructs, like, with the characters and stuff. I just cool don't visuals. think it was. Yeah. It just wasn't as ironed out as his first project was. Yeah. Was there any other TV we didn't get to? I think you watched The Silo, but I'm behind on that. Suits. 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 Ben watched Suits. Suits is awesome. Once you guys watch it, we can all talk about it together. Doesn't the winner of the box office contest get to pick what we all watch for an episode? I already picked Patriot. I mean, you're not locked in. You can make us watch uh, Suits. I'm not making you guys watch nine seasons versus two. <laughs> well, we also said we're only doing a season. You can't make us watch like 20 seasons of Amazing Race or something. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing that made me back <laughs> off true. of Suits, dude. Is As soon as I showed interest, you were like, character development's not great in the first season, but season two's getting pretty good. I was like, what the fuck? I have to wait <laughs> a season it, for it to even be good. No, it is good from the get go. It just gets it gets better. There's only so okay. much they can do in the first season because they're you're getting introduced to the characters. Okay, you know what I mean. You also got to think. First episode was 2011, mm -hmm. and it's like it's a lawyer show. I don't know. <laughs> just for the times. For the, it was. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets better the more recent yeah the more recent it was do yeah. you guys like, feel like that's the stuff that always gets super popular on netflix do you think that's why is like this 2010s era stuff is just easier to digest or like people are just all nostalgic for that kind of time period well i never watched it before so there, there, there nothing for me to be nostalgic about well you can still be nostalgic for like the look of that era right. of TV and the sensibilities that it's bringing. Cause like as someone that lived through that, you're going to feel that whether you are, are really conscious of it or not. And I think for and like younger talk. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That, and just, yeah, it just reminds you of other shows that came out at that time. I think the banter back then is a lot different than like the banter you can get away with on, you know, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe my theory is people just want quantity. Like people yeah. go back and search for old shows because there are like six seasons of Sopranos or The Wire. Like that's quality too, though. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you kind of have the best stuff already risen to the top, where you're not dedicating yeah. years of a show that just shits the bed in the final two seasons. Yep. <laughs> it is kind of nice to that feeling of getting home, and you're like, oh, I already know what I'm gonna watch because I've got right. like ten more seasons of this show, and I really <laughs> like it. That's yeah. cool, you know? I mean, for what we're doing and trying to do this show, I try to consume a lot of more recent stuff, and sometimes I'm not excited about what's 
on the agenda. <laughs> no, I'm especially again, I feel like I dump on TV every episode, but like I want to just let something breathe for a couple seasons cuz it'll be like, okay, yeah, this is good for one season. Come to me in like 2 years. Right. Anybody still going to care about this? I'm a I'll, little more cynical. <laughs> I like Suits cuz it's pretty like it's pretty mindless watch and they have like 16 episode seasons too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Old shows have the longest fucking yeah. seasons. <laughs> but they're all so fucking good. Yeah. Like, that's why I was blown away, because usually those shows that have that many seasons with that many episodes per season, usually my conclusion is it got diluted somewhere along the lines. Right. And it was just for it, so they could have ad time. And the show didn't do that. Yeah. So Are you already done with it? Nine close. seasons of Suits? Yeah, yeah, dude. Me and Haley like, have been soaking it in, dude. Dang. Yeah. Well, I was sick too, so I was like, "What am I gonna do? I'm just gonna watch this shit." If Barbie and Oppenheimer blow up, we're gonna have to watch fucking nine seasons of Suits, Max. <laughs> I already know what Ben's picks are gonna be. I don't know what Max is gonna make us watch. Are you gonna make us watch like The Idol or Tokyo Max, <laughs> Tokyo Vice? <laughs> One of these shows that you like watched and just got burnt on, and like you all have to suffer with me now. I should make it The Idol because. <laughs> the only reason I watched it is because I thought you were going to watch the whole thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you only watched two episodes. I'm sorry. I got duped. <laughs> I thought I was going to watch it, and yeah, my interest waned real quick. I'm sorry. I've been watching Modern Family instead for like the third time. Uh, Modern Family is fucking good. <laughs> I never got into that one. My parents liked it a whole bunch, but... It's good. Uh, yeah. Well, Ed O'Neill. It's a show everyone can enjoy. Like It's good. It's like yeah. the last good family sitcom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we've been neglecting music quite a bit, and there like isn't an album that comes out this month that I even care about. So we're gonna try and go back and reflect on some stuff that's already come out. Max, you've been playing catch up now that you're on summer break. Yeah, is there anything that's caught your interest going back through the list of stuff that's come out so far this year? Yeah, there's been some cool stuff. I would say I've never really listened to much Kesha before, but I'm really enjoying that new album. Yeah. Gag order. Yeah. So I don't know. Is this like a departure for her? Is this kind of what she's been doing? No, I'd say this is pretty stark departure. I mean, okay. she kind of just did like loud party girl pop music for a long time. Oh. And then she kind of mm. disappeared. Whoever her producer was basically had her like locked up and like they had like a nasty breakup and wouldn't let her out of her record contract and was kind of fucking over her career. And she finally got out of that and made like an album about it, but it was still kind of poppy. Yeah. And this record kind of like dives into all the nitty gritty of her like in the wake of that. That makes so. a lot of sense. <laughs> Hence Gag Order being the title. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds so. like. And I'm usually not into stuff that's this poppy because I get tired of the vocals, honestly, because pop music usually doesn't let the music breathe very much. And I don't like yeah. music like that. But this is really doing it for me. I really like the production. There's a lot of cool synth stuff, and it's not just like parody of the 80s or just like those sounds that we've heard so many times. It's using synths very creatively. Yeah. And, or like just, I guess, in a more modern fashion, which is my preference to like push that stuff a bit more. Her vocals are great. She's got a cool range and sometimes she'll just chill in kind of like a small range, I think, or like just pretty comfortable area vocally and still brings a lot to it, even even when it's kind of like more simplified. Yeah, I mean, I think that things are just like layered and 
done in an interesting way where, like I said, I think the music breathes a bit more and I like that a lot. Some of that maybe is like the repetition of lyrics too. But yeah. I mean, when the first song started, I couldn't figure out, I was like trying to count it because it seemed like it was in a weird time signature, but it's really not. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. just the way she sings it is is really clever. But it was like scratching my prog itch. I was like, I did not <laughs> expect this, but yeah. Her previous producer was Dr. Luke is the guy's name. And okay. there's a whole nasty backstory there. If you want to go down a Google rabbit hole, I, I don't might. remember all the details. It's been a while, but yeah, knowing just like the surface level stuff, this was kind of like uncomfortably vulnerable and did a really good job, like exploring everything in a really contemporary and like adult way. Yeah. I almost felt like she did the hyper-realism, therapeutic Kendrick thing better than Kendrick did, oh, which cool. is not something I would have thought from the girl who sang TikTok. <laughs> is that one of her songs? The, oh, <laughs> that's the song, man. TikTok uh, yeah. is what it's called? TikTok. TikTok, dude. The party don't start till I walk in. <laughs> you don't that, know that song? He knows party it. in the USA? Is that it's, the same thing? Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. <laughs> That's the general noise it's of the song. It's so hard to, to <laughs> figure it out in that way because you basically just sang one note and th- that could be a lot of different things. <laughs> That's That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's what a lot of pop music is. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's very non-conventional for like a pop record, I would say. Like you said, the production's really good. Rick Rubin worked with her on it. So oh, cool. got a lot of the cool like proggy synth sounds, like he said, for which sure. I really enjoyed. So that was tight. I'm glad you liked it. Definitely. Did you get around to listen to uh, Homefront? Yes, I definitely did. It's cool. I think it's really well done, but I may have like hinted at this a bit earlier. I'm not crazy about the 80s pastiche stuff and yeah. I don't know what I hate to say it, but like I don't know what this is other than that you know yeah I shouldn't say it's purely that because there are some more modern approaches to the production and some layering of things that I think are interesting I just would have liked to hear a lot more of that and I would have liked to hear more than just like the most stock 80s sounds you know like all the synths the guitars like they never turn off the chorus pedal it's always just that same thing that that we've heard a lot before and if that's what they want to do that's cool it's just it's definitely not for me so yeah what about you i mean i know that's like a lot more your jam (laughs) it's up there man yeah i loved it (laughs) it definitely is 80s but i feel like it mixes two areas of 80s stuff that doesn't necessarily overlap a lot right and like doing like the synth pop with like the post punk, like it almost sounds like, you know, Iggy Pop with like Husker Du or something. Mm-hmm. Like it has some cool '80s punk stuff, but it also has some really cool synth electronic elements that I like. And so, yeah, I think I like that mixture. I don't know that I've heard a lot of bands blend those two really well. Sure. They tend to either lean in one lane or the other. So I think that's what got me excited about it. It was kind of a more upbeat joy division or like a more punk in excess sure and i could see as someone that's more familiar with it that those i don't have that vocabulary right so it's not as interesting to me you you're probably noticing those variations a lot more than what i would and so i can understand why that would be fun for people that maybe grew up with that music a bit more and are more familiar with it than i am 
It definitely scratches like a nostalgic itch though. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's why I want to say it's just not for me because I don't think there's yeah. anything bad about it. I just, I really don't get into that kind of thing. You know, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like period piece movies that much, you know, it's like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look back. <laughs> ben, have you listened to anything new lately? No. New Foo Fighters? I did listen to it. Yeah. What'd you think? It was okay. Okay, you didn't like it as much. <laughs> it was all right. It didn't hold my interest very long. Yeah. I would agree with that. Dang, yeah. I'm on an island. I think so, man. <laughs> you may have done it a disservice by, like, I was like, oh, this is the best thing they've done in the in two decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard not to think about that going in. And you know, I, think, I hyped it up me too, too much. I think what you said about the most solid album probably holds true. But if that means not having, like, any great singles, then I'll take their their other stuff. Because yep. I, I do think it's probably the most solid, but there's nothing that sticks out for me. And there's a couple stinkers. So Yeah. But <laughs> but I went back and, and listened to some other albums and like, yeah, they really don't have a great record through and through. No. Like <laughs> they don't. There's some some real like, oh man, Echoes and Silence or whatever. It's like so yeah. much of that album, they got so wrapped up in this idea of like the relation that, between like acoustic and electric and it's like they can't yeah. decide which version they want to use you know no that one was bad with all the acoustic ballads oh. <laughs> yeah it's like the drummer just plays in the last 30 seconds of every song on that record but i think right. but i think pretender was on there and that's to this day like one of my favorite foo fighters songs so and there was yeah. definitely there was no pretender there was no monkey wrench there was no everlong on this album i can yep. tell you that no, I, I'll give you that. There's definitely not like a standout single that I listen to, but I like a lot of the songs. I mean, I don't For know. Sure. Is there anything else that stood out to you you want to talk about? Other 100 than... Gex was fun. I've never been I into that, that band, but yeah, <laughs> 1,000 Gex. I don't know what to say because I'm not really sure what they what they are really. Like, I can't tell if it's <laughs> supposed to be a parody of <laughs> like weird hyper pop music and shit, but that's what I took it as. Like, I, yeah. it's it's kind of funny to me, and I enjoy music that's funny. You don't get a lot of that, but yeah, it felt like they were poking fun at stuff, and but like still doing a good job of like writing catchy music in a way. Yeah. So, like they do a whole song about a frog on the floor, and it's fucking great. <laughs> I've listened to it like fifty times. They have so many really good poppy songs, and like. They have a ska song, they have a new metal song, and then they have like fucking Hollywood Baby and Dumbest Girl Alive, and those fucking slap like crazy. One hundred Gex, but yeah, that record is Hollywood Baby, dude. I Hollywood Baby's on the radio all the time. Yeah, Yeah, dude, that's them. (laughs) My mom loves Hundred Gex. That's how big they're getting. Hundred Gex. That's (laughs) okay. I gotta check them out then. (laughs) They're good. That record is really good. I thought that was Blink at first, and it was a new Blink (laughs) album. I thought Tom DeLone just went auto tune. It feels like an Aquabats. Like it's all just really funny, goofy songs, but they're really Mm -hmm. well done. Okay. And they do have a ska song about like what is it like tooth on the ground or something? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't I might remember the ska song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super good. I like that a lot. Very fun. I went back and listened to their first record, and I wasn't as big a fan. So this okay, this is much more concentrated on being like a big pop act, and I think they did really good with it. So awesome. Yeah, the other one was more like meme core hyper pop stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure grown into it yeah this is definitely a little more mature a little more concentrated and definitely appreciate that what did you think about the whaler by home is where i mean they were pretty high up on 
our best of was that last year or the year before they got album best of the album year. of album of the year 2022 2021 I think. 2021 yeah last yeah. year's 2022 yeah yeah so this is their follow-up to album of the year i wanted to like it more than i actually <laughs> did you know <laughs> It's one of those records where you're sitting around like waiting for it to get its teeth into you. And when it does, it's good, but it takes about six tracks to get there. And that's kind mm -hmm. of a bummer. So good, not great. I think I also realized part of the formula that I really like about their songs is that they were so short. And like okay. because they do those drastic stylistic changes when the songs are longer and then you do the switch, like the one single they put out switches a couple times and it just it doesn't work as well when it's not in a confined runtime for me, when you're switching between just drastically different tempos or styles. Right. Did you feel like they were maybe stretching into different styles a bit too much on this album? Because at one point I was like, okay, this is like country and that's pretty yeah. cool. But then inevitably we end up with like a harmonica, like folkier track. And I'm like, hmm. I think I like the harmonica folky stuff because that was at least faster pace. Like when they were uh, playing the real slow acoustic stuff and like trying to make all these allegories about 9-11, that was kind of where it lost me a little bit. I like them more in the abstract when they're doing fast, chaotic stuff. I don't know what's up with bands making the third song on their album slow. Maybe it's just growing up as a punk kid where I'm like, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> that's, we haven't even been playing for 10 minutes and you're already like taking a break. What's going right. on here? <laughs> no, sequencing always plays in pretty big with me. Me too. Yeah. What other kind of music? Billy Woods, obviously. Do you the have goat. anything? I mean, what do you think? <laughs> the goat. <laughs> what, what sets this one apart? Because I feel like you praise Billy Woods a lot, but I don't know if you... <laughs> get into like what makes him good as much as I would like. Just how ass kickery he is. I don't <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this one so this one I had my hopes like a little higher because he was reteaming with uh Kenny Seagal who produced mm -hmm. Hiding Places, which is probably like my favorite Billy Woods record. So it didn't quite meet that standard for me, but lyrically I feel like this is some of his like hardest hitting stuff in a long time. And that's I would agree. That's what really lingered with me on this project where like year zero is just phenomenal. There's a stretch there in the end where he goes from year zero to Babylon by bus and it's just super fucking heavy ass content, just one bar after the next. And right. I think last year we talked about like top five rappers or whatever, and it's like not even close. He's so far ahead of whoever second place is for me, probably yeah. Kendrick, but yeah. I think... It's maybe still Kendrick for me just because I think that Kendrick's flows are like a hundred times more interesting than Billy Woods flow. Billy Woods has like one flow. Like yeah. it is the same <laughs> rhythm on like every track, but I love what he's saying. Like I think his lyrics are genius. So I, I deal with it, you know, and I still dig it. <laughs> yeah. I deal with it is such a bad way to put it. I tolerate it. <laughs> nah, he's he's amazing. But I'm so picky about that kind of stuff, you know. Repetition gets to me. Yeah. But I think I think you have represented him in a good way just now. Yeah, it's it's good. I think it's I don't know. And just like the prolific output of having like was it three oh, records yeah. in like thirteen months? That's <laughs> yeah. just insane. <laughs> So it's got a lot definitely to say. respect that. Yeah. And yeah, to have this much, I feel like this is 
lyrically the most dense stuff he put out of the three projects. So yeah, that kind of blew me away. Like you said, I kind of figured you'd run out of stuff to say <laughs> putting out three records that consecutively. But no, this yeah. this felt like it had more teeth than either of the other two. So is there anything else? You finally listened to MS Paint. I dig it. They put out something else recently, right? Like a live thing. I think yeah, they did like, like an, an audio tree or whatever that thing's called. Yeah. So it was kind of cool hearing the songs in a different context. That got me into them a bit more. Listening more closely, they're doing a lot of unique stuff just harmonically, you know, just yeah. making like choices that people aren't. The vocals don't get to me, you know. Yeah. I like them. I think it sounds good. The rhythms are cool. Like, Ben, I still remember you referencing a song when you guys talked about them, when you were talking about how you think they actually do have some catchy stuff. And now when that part pops up, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. So, <laughs> And there, there are quite a few parts throughout the record that I'm bumping with pretty hard. So yeah, do I have to rank them against Turnstile? Is that the tradition? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. See, I feel or I'm POD. Deja vu, dude. Yeah, where are they in the new metal? What's their new metal simile? Are they are they POD? Are they Limp Biscuit? Are they System of a Down? I don't know if they're any of that. The vocalist <laughs> kind of sounds like POD, but he does. we don't have yeah, to throw dude. a fit about it. <laughs> we don't have to make him feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. We're seeing a lot more of crossover between like punk hardcore and hip hop, and I like that. I want to see where that goes. So Yeah, it seems like we're definitely in the midst of the hardcore resurgence after yeah. being in a pop groove for a while. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of heavy shit, so it's fun. I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gives you kind of a variation, like you said, instead of having that pre-programmed, like packaged, auto-tune, Pro Tools, everything, where it just sounds yeah. like everybody's going to the same clicks and using the same tones for everything. A lot of program like instruments. That. Yeah, <laughs> make yeah. it sound human. Again, we're fighting AI all episode long. <laughs> <laughs> all right do we have any recommendations after an hour and a half of talking about everything we watched God, and suits. listened to for a month suits suits better than patriot no <laughs> better than yellowstone yes okay that's good max you got anything i'll recommend the idol okay there you go <laughs> so i watched your recommendation from last month jury duty yeah. <laughs> and that made me want to watch The Truman Show, which is like 25 yeah. years old. So that that was good. Truman Show holds up. I, I recommend that. That's on Amazon, I think. Awesome. Yeah, that was I'm great. definitely going to watch that. Yep. But yeah, I don't. Jury Duty, I, I think he, he realized he was on a show at some point. That's my I don't know. hypothesis. I don't know. I go back and forth because the thing that struck me from the beginning was just how like bad of an actor that guy <laughs> Well, I mean, he's not trying to act, but it, he didn't right. seem like the type of person that would have any skills in that domain, right? Yeah. I guess it took Truman 30 years, so this guy could probably be fooled for a week. <laughs> for more, visit internetkillthevideostore.com.